Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends. Happy Monday. I hope your week has treated you well. Today we are continuing our series the spin-off from a weekly coffee chat episodes but adding a little spice in there with a shared time of reflection for 2022 so grab yourself a coffee or a cup of tea and let's chat starting with today's rose bud and thorn my rose today is christmas traditions we have really built out like a rich <laughs> luxurious set of holiday traditions at our house and this isn't something that I really had a lot of growing up. Obi, my husband did, but we just like really went in and made our own. And it's been really fun to, you know, kind of have them all come out over the last few weeks and to really realize we've built up a really cool set of traditions for ourselves and how meaningful that's gonna to be to our kiddo. My thorn is that our holidays are technically over kind of like it's two weeks until Christmas but we have split custody with our kiddos mom and she has Christmas this year so we celebrated Christmas this past weekend and that means Christmas is over like for us we really don't have anything else left to do we exchanged presents we did all the things so we're gonna have to figure out what we're doing on Christmas I don't know I think my family might get together but I don't know if they will um so we'll I don't know we'll have to figure something out maybe we'll go on a date for like the one place that's open my bud is I'm looking forward to figuring out how to like hookify our home after the holidays there's something so magical about Christmas that really keeps the <laughs> seasonal depression at bay because we have like the candlelight everywhere we have like the twinkle lights everywhere there's just coziness all around our home and right at the first week of january when we take everything down it's like it feels cold again like all of a sudden everything feels off so i really want to focus this year on making our home feel extra extra cozy and really just leaning into hookah and I want to get like a ton of unscented candles that are like beeswax because um, that we just like feel like I could light and burn all day long and not feel any kind of way about it and just put them all over our house and just everywhere and I want to find a way to do twinkle lights that's not 
cheesy feeling, you know? If you know of a way or you have a secret, I would love to hear. Cause I would love to add some like good lighting to our house that like isn't, doesn't feel cheesy. I think I should do like a reminder of what these episodes are because if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, then you're probably used to the format of our coffee chats, which is every Monday we just do kind of like, here's what I'm learning, here's what I'm reading, watching, listening to, that kind of thing. But I'm, and I'm still going to share with you like what I'm reading, watching, and small joys, as well as what to expect on the podcast. But we're also going to cover a different area of reflection each week. I'll share what I'm reflecting on, and my hope is that it will serve as an invitation for you to reflect as well. So if you do the journaling prompts, please tag me on Instagram because I want to see it. I want to follow along and um, let's get into it. So here is what's going on for life and work this week. This week is our last week with our kiddo before Christmas and their birthday. So we, um, again, we don't have Christmas this year with the kiddo, but we do have birthday. And so we have, yeah, like a little over a week, um, where they'll be away. So we have like a short week the next week that we have them, which will be their birthday week, which is so exciting. And then my husband and I are really wanting to get serious about saving in 2023. So we're going to start meeting to discuss that and just kind of figure out how we do that together. I've been doing a lot of research online, which there's surprisingly not a lot that's not like religious when it comes to like how people do their money as a couple. I'm fascinated by that, but we've been looking for it. If you're really good at this and you have a system that works, I would love to hear it. I'm like in research mode. Um, but cause we're like, I mean, he's a four, I'm a seven. This is not our strong suit. Like this is not our area of expertise. We're very good at pleasure. We're very good at fun. We're very good at living like rich, inviting, exciting lives where there's lots of little luxuries. <laughs> we're not good at saving for the saving's sake. Like it's just really hard for us. And I kind of just wish we had a grown up who would come in and just do it for us until I remember that like, oh, that we're the grown ups, and like no one's gonna do it. <laughs> so we just have to do it. So um, we want to like get really serious. Like we have a savings account, which is something that like 20 year old Sarah Jane could have not conceptualized. We've like gotten so much better about this kind of stuff or like I have at least. Like Obi and I are pretty much pretty similar in that regard. I don't know what he was like before we were together money wise I think definitely more frugal um than <laughs> I am but we um yeah so we have a savings account that's very exciting but we just want to get like really serious about saving like like down payment for a home type of serious so oh, we just have to do it so that's something we're figuring out right now in terms of work um, I have new merch that's coming out for the new year. I'm super excited about it. It's really pretty. I'm pumped. Um, I didn't do type-specific merch this time. I did like one overarching thing for everybody, and I think it's really cool. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, then I'm doing 12 days of Vlogmas. So right now, leading up to Christmas Day, the 12 days leading up, I'm vlogging every single day. And that's very fun. I love a project. And then we have new systems for work that I cannot wait to implement. 
I came up with them over the weekend because I just it was just kind of like I had this like burst of inspiration and I wrote up everything that I want to cover on Fridays at my work and then everything I want to cover on Mondays at my job and how I want to separate that out because I really struggle to work in my business when I'm working on my business all the time. Um, maybe it's the other way around. Basically, I suck at doing my books, but I'm really good at creating content. <laughs> like, the, or updating my website's really hard for me, but I can write five blog, you know, blog posts in a week. So I really want to focus on things that keep my business running, and I'm dedicating Monday and Friday to those things. I'm still wrapping up in preparation for a sabbatical. I keep almost chickening out and not taking it but I know that's a little, really silly and <laughs> I need to just commit. It's really important to me. It breathes life back into my business, into, my, into the podcast every year. It makes me a more creative individual, which means that I make content that we all like more because I feel alive. <laughs> so It's really important, but man, I'm chickening out. I'm feeling real. It's just like these last few months have been like the tightest financially for me like we just probably in preparation for the sabbatical honestly because I get paid um you know in, in preparation right as we're booking things so it's probably a lot of like things are getting tight because the sabbatical is coming but it is making it very scary <laughs> to um take a break but I'm just gonna trust the universe I guess trust all the good in the world so that everything's going to be fine. Um, and then let's talk about what I'm reading. I just finished the book Call of the Wild, not like the classic novel. It's, it's a book on trauma healing. Um, it was really good. It was recommended to me by an Enneagram friend who I had coffee with earlier this year. We were talking about Body Keeps a Score and she recommended this book called The Wild, and I bought it, but I just started reading it, or just finished reading it. Um, you know, I felt like I had so many life-altering takeaways while I was reading this book, like truly game-changing, mind-altering takeaways. Other times, I felt like it was a little bit woo for my taste or, you know, my personality. And toward the end of the book, it kind of started to get off topic a bit, like in my opinion, where it was like no longer talking about healing trauma, but was talking about other areas that she kind of like wanted to fit in. I think maybe other areas that she had a lot of information on and she wanted to share. But for me, I found that distracting. But I wouldn't say it put me off of the book or anything. It's just kind of like took me from being like, this is a five out of five, one of the best books I read this year to like, it's a four out of five. I highly recommend like the first four chapters, you know, to just about anybody. But the last like, quarter of the book I probably I didn't like highlight anything in um, I was taking vigorous notes like the first several chapters and then the last few chapters I kind of felt like I didn't need to read personally and maybe that's just personal preference or like my trauma versus someone else's trauma or like the things that I'm working on versus what someone else might be working on. I, I think it's highly possible that someone could read this book and resonate more with the end than they did the beginning. So who is to know? But for me, it was like the first few chapters really changed my life. Like I would say it was worth, like I almost 
want to make an episode just on the takeaways that I had from this book, like I did for Body Keeps the Score, um, which maybe is something that we'll do. Gosh, the year is ending. <laughs> See, this is how I keep talking myself out of going on a sabbatical. I'm like, I have this idea, but maybe we'll do it in February. Now, I am going to be honest. I'm ready to take a break from trauma-related literature, though. It's just like a, it's heavy, you know? I've read like three somatic books this year, and I have like, Obi got me like this giant textbook type book on trauma for Christmas. And then I have a trauma and Enneagram book that I really want to read. Um, but I need a break. Like, I need a break. So I think we'll just take a break for, for a little while. Um, now, that being said, the book that I'm currently reading and just started is I'm Glad My Mother Died by Jeanette McCurdy, um, which is trauma heavy. So funny enough. Um, but I'll share more about how that book was for me next week. In terms of what I'm watching, we started the new Star Wars show last week, and it is so good. It is such a fun watch. I honestly never think that I'm gonna love Star Wars. Like, every time there's a new Star Wars movie or a show, I'm like, I don't know. I didn't watch really The Mandalorian. I watched maybe a few episodes. I just always think, like, this isn't for me. And then whenever I watch it, I'm like, this is some of the best entertainment I have ever watched. Like every single time I'm like, this isn't for me. And then I'm absolutely obsessed. So that is the case for this one. Absolutely in love with it. So, so fun. And my small joy from this week, one of our holiday traditions is to go to the Grove Park Inn. So if you aren't familiar, the Grove Park Inn is a hotel in our town. It's like a resort. And this is doing it a disservice, like calling it a hotel because it's like this beautiful stone building. It's super old. I mean, it was here in like, I don't know, like the 20s. I don't know when it was built, but tons of like famous like 1920s writers have stayed there. Presidents stay there. It's like very fancy. Um, and we love to go there for like a special occasion all the time. But one of the special occasions is for Christmas, whether that's no matter if we have the kiddo or not, we always take the kiddo at some point around Christmas to the Grove Park and we go to, they have a breakfast buffet, which is really fun. And we go have breakfast and they do this thing. It's like a gingerbread house competition every year. And it's like hundreds of entries. It's the most amazing thing ever. There's a kids category, a teen category, and an adult category. And people are just amazing. Like it's so cool to see how talented people are and the thought and the creativity that goes into stuff that even like the things the kids do are so cool it's 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 amazing and so we go walk and see all of that and then every year they build out a giant gingerbread house that is a little hot cocoa stand in the lobby and now the hot cocoa is like 20 dollars it's insane but they also sell little gingerbread men and they sell cocoa and you, you get like a souvenir mug you can take home and they do spiked cocoa if you're if you're there you know if you don't mind drinking with your kids or if you're there without kids um and it's just so nice like it's the most magical thing ever and so we did that this weekend and it was just such a small joy i mean y'all like we paid a stupid amount for our kid to go to this buffet and only have cereal and a bagel 
but it was also like it's the view of the mountains it's just the experience of being there because like the building itself feels like a gingerbread house and we were talking about how like for our kiddo like this is gonna always be a Christmas place because while we might go for like our anniversary or for our birthdays or something he only goes for Christmas so to them it's this magical Christmas land and I just love that I want them to be like when we pass away to like go have Christmas time with their kids at this place and like remember how it felt to go with us like that feels amazing so that is my small joy from this week and let's talk about what's coming up on the podcast this week so we're talking about healing through the nine enneagram types recovering body image productivity culture and burnout prevention with the enneagram so that is what's coming up for the rest of this week and then I'll stay in tune with you for next week in terms of what's coming up then. Spoiler alert, it's like a replay of like four of my favorite interviews from the year. So that's going to be really fun. And now for today's reflection. I'm going to ask us three questions to reflect on the year 2022. Question number one, what are your favorite books from this year? So I'm doing a full video on YouTube of all the books I got. I gave five stars this year, but the top books that came to mind, just like these are like on the top of my head. I loved these books are the TJ Klune books, Under the Whispering Door and House on the Cerulean Sea. I would say these books brought me the most just sheer joy and pleasure reading them. I thought they were so delightful in every way. And yeah, I these are the ones I get the most excited about, I would say. The next is Night, Dawn, Dusk by Anne Lamont. I thought it was, I mean, her, her books are always the best, but she's just so good at what she does. I would say Hell of a Book. Um, I did have someone say, this is a book for white people about um, black people. So that's kind of like, oh, I don't know. But then again, I kind of feel like, there's a lot of things that white people need to learn, unfortunately, that like black people already know or don't need to learn. So in that way, I'm kind of like not embarrassed <laughs> to read a book that's kind of intended for white people that's about race. But I don't, you know, I'm kind of like skeptical of if I were to go back and read it through that lens, would I see where it had been like toned down to make me comfortable? I don't know. Um, but I did think it was like a really beautifully written book about a really hard topic and that it was like funny and poignant and life altering. I mean, I, I think it's a really, really good book. Um, number four is Body Keeps the Score. Classic, right? We all know. Um, other books that brought me a ton of joy this year are books by Emily Henry, like Book Lovers and People We Meet on Vacation. And then books by Taylor Jenkins Reid, like Evelyn Hugo, Malibu Rising, um, all of those good things um, by Carrie Soto. Those were all really fun to read as well. And the last one that came to mind was Thursday Murder Club. This was such a fun book. It was so, so fun to read. It was like set at an, a retirement home or retirement village. And it's like a murder mystery with these like really cool older people having like this really interesting exchange absolute blast to read. The question number two was what would you do differently? 
And here's the thing, I am not someone who likes regrets. So when I read this question, when I was like looking up what, what questions could I ask myself this year, I changed it because I don't like the idea of regret. I don't like looking back at my life and thinking like, oh, I wish I had done that differently. Um, so instead I rephrased it to lessons you learned the hard way this year, because there are things I would do differently next time, but I wouldn't go back and change it because that's just what it is, right? Like I don't want to live with like that sense of like I failed or I have regret or I'm ashamed of myself. Instead, I'm just going to focus on how would I like to do this next year? Like what did I learn this year that I would do differently in the future? So the first one is like business savings are just as important as personal savings. I think I've really gotten good at personal savings and like a, for me, like we talked about earlier, I wanna get better at it and I wanna save even more, but I have gotten pretty good at personal savings, but I have like really sucked at business savings and like if I had a big month, I would often just do more things instead of like focusing on like, hey, there's gonna be low months coming up and that I know that for some of you that's like you've nailed that years ago for me like that is something I'm still struggling to to master um so that's that's definitely like 2023 high priority I don't want to feel like if I have a low month I'm stressed you know I want to like my job is so variable in income like every month is different and I just cannot live in that stress you know what I mean like I need to just create some stability for myself, which is what the shaman in Bali told me. Like stability is like your high priority right now. It's like creating stability. So that's number one. Number two for me is that blank space is so important for creativity. This is not something that I learned this year, but this is something that I live every year. (laughs) It's like filling out my time, filling out my space, and then feeling drained of creativity. And then like one week of giving myself space and giving myself time, I feel re-inspired and invigorated. And what I mean by space and time, it's like giving myself time to create less content or to batch create content so that I have some time where I'm not creating a ton of stuff, Um, not traveling, right, for a week, weeks at a time and not having like a ton of phone time, you know, like putting my phone away when I get home from work and living, only picking it up when I have like a specific thing I want to do with it. And that has given me so much creative energy and will continue to do that. And it's so important. Number three is integrating socializing makes it easier to socialize when the time comes versus like having large chunks where I'm isolating myself and then having to like climb out of my isolation hole and be a social person, that's much harder than just like having regular social interaction every week. (laughs) Like I think I've been kind of really isolating because there's something really comforting and nice about that because for the first time in my life, I'm okay with isolating. And so this is invigorating for me, right? It's like so comforting. And then at the same time, like, it was really hard to climb out of that hole and become a social person just kind of like 
out of nowhere. And honestly, like I don't feel very good at talking to people when I've been isolating because I'm weird. And I just have a lot more of that like social anxiety because I'm like talking in weird ways, saying weird things. Um, and <laughs> you just like, it's a muscle, you know, if you don't work the muscle, it gets, it gets odd. So, um, yeah, I think I just want to like focus on regular social interaction, even if it's like one coffee a week, one lunch a week, just remembering that I'm a social being. And then question number three is the best compliment that you received this year. I love this question because I think it's so important for us to hold on to the kind things that people say to us. So often we take in the negative, we hold it, we believe it, we carry it around with us for the rest of our lives. And the positive things we just kind of let roll off our back and pretend like they never happened. And y'all, I am so into to receiving the positive that I like write compliments down. Like if someone says something nice to me, I like write it down so that I don't forget it because I want to remember the nice things that people say. And because like sometimes we need that when we are without our own resources, it's nice to just be like, okay, I'm, I have evidence that what I think about myself is not true. And here's what that evidence is. Here's the data. So my favorite compliment in general is always something to do with like my intelligence. Um, I love to be taken seriously and our, our kind of like seven problem is that one of our major triggers is not being taken seriously, but then we tend to show people that they shouldn't take us seriously, which is an Achilles heel. Like that is a hundred percent like what I do to myself all the time. And I, yeah, I always like say like, don't, don't take me too seriously, but actually like I love being taken seriously. It means the world to me. And so the one compliment that's coming to mind right now is how confident my husband was that if I wanted to get an MFA that I would get in. If you don't know, MFAs are incredibly competitive. They're harder to get in than like med school. Um, it's like very intense. I don't know that I'll get an MFA. I'm still thinking about it. Um, it's hard to know if it's the right fit for me personally. I'm a little bit of like a anti-socialist in terms of like, not like anti-social, although we did just talk about isolation, but more so like um, the structure of school isn't really appealing to my personality. I'm very rebellious. Um, I don't like to be told what to do. So, um, there's like kind of like an inner resistance to the structure of academia at this and like the kind of arbitrary like this is what good writing is and this is what literature is there's something that's like very off-putting to me about that but at the same time there's something that I feel like I could learn from that if I would allow myself to be influenced and not be resistant you know so that being said I don't know if I'm going to go get an MFA. I don't know if it's the right thing for me, but I love that my husband thought that I could and that he thinks like, oh, for you, it would be easy. I could, it, like, I could tell the way he was talking that like he truly believed it in his heart of hearts and it meant a lot to me. Just like in his bones, he thinks I'm really smart. He thinks I'm really capable um, and that he like believes that I'm a good writer. Like those things 
oh, that meant the world to me. And just for it to come out so naturally to know that like this isn't something he's saying to make me feel good. It's just how he thinks about me. Um, my favorite compliment of the year by far. All right, friends, I hope that you take the time to kind of pause, go back, answer these questions for yourself, which as a reminder, they are, what are your favorite books from this year? What would you do differently? Or what are the lessons that you learned the hard way this year? And the best compliment that you received this year. And if you do, and you tag me on Instagram, ugh, I would love it. Okay. And I hope that this was a fun catch up for you. I'm excited to keep reflecting with you as the month goes on. So I will see you next Monday. Is next Monday our last week doing this? Yes. I will see you next Monday for our last catch up of the year. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.